Welcome everyone to the first ever long distance episode of having a climate breakdown. <laughs> We're currently sitting in our different flats. Um, because of obviously the coronavirus. So we're doing this over Zoom, which I think everyone in the world has suddenly downloaded and is chatting to people. Zoom uh, yeah. must be uh, having an absolute boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that right. So today we wanted to kind of talk a bit more about like what having a climate crisis, well, breakdown, what climate anxiety, that's what I meant to say, actually is and obviously why we're kind of called that um, because we realise that we haven't actually ever spoken about that before which is kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. and some people might not know what it means or what it means to us in particular because I think it affects people differently maybe and people have different ways of coping with it so we're going to talk a little bit about that too. didn't even know that it was an actual thing for yeah, it's properly like diagnosable now, isn't it? Yeah, strange. But like yeah. I think the first time for me that I felt it was when I was a kid, and I remember watching Al Gore's uh, documentary, the first one. I can't remember what it's Inconvenient Truth. Yeah, and getting really stressed, and I think I, I think that's the first time I remember it anyway. Do yeah. You know? memories of like knowing that it was a thing i think mine came quite a lot later i remember it was one summer i think in when i was at uni i was at home um and i was talk just talking to my mum and i remember the example that i gave her because i was trying to see if she felt the same and so the example that i gave her was isn't it ridiculous that i can just go to any shop anywhere pretty much, and buy a bottle of Fanta. And that bottle is one of billions of bottles across the world. And it's been brought there in a car or on a boat or on a plane. And it's just the absolute mass of it all. I couldn't get my head around. And it was the first time it, it, it had been building up for a while, but it was the first time I tried to express it to somebody else. Um, because that it was just like, just thinking of that one thing in my life that I could do and the massive impact that it has um and I think yeah, yeah so that was when it sort of started it's hard yeah yeah I really realized until getting more involved in like the climate movement as a whole and speaking to other people like you that like know that there's a kind of fear around the whole thing because we're only like in our 20s we can't do mm. that much our like impact is relatively small even if we yeah. do make an effort like it's just knowing that you're just one person in billions and it's never going to be like just the stuff you know is never going to be that important That's, yeah it's also quite nice in a weird way like yeah you're just one grain of sand and it doesn't <laughs> necessarily matter like the days you mess up the days you decide to you know do whatever slightly less good thing less of a problem but this is the thing yeah it's 
become about that. yeah it's become about sort of offsetting and keeping it your own impact as small as possible because even though you are one person if everybody tried to do a little bit more or a little bit less in terms of polluting and things like that then that would make a big difference so it is yeah just not beating yourself up about the days when you don't because I, I still drive to go and see my parents well not at the minute because I'm in yeah. hotel but <laughs> I would still drive normally um and things like that and it's kind of like but I do other things to lessen that impact um yeah yeah I guess the an- anxious part of it is because or a lot of the anxiety part of it is because it is out of our control so we can do yeah. things in our own life that help and that make a difference on a tiny little scale but it's completely out of our control yeah I think as well like having a community of people and we've talked about this so much outside of recording but having mm community of people even if it's a community at the moment of two that talk about it a lot like having the knowledge that it's not just you that cares because I think for so long when I was younger it was the like fear of oh none of my friends care about this and no one is doing anything so you know does anyone really want to change but when you know at least a few people that do it makes you feel a bit better and helps you cope a bit more definitely and you can have those conversations with people with those people about things like I was talking about with the Fanta bottle for as an example and they get it and they don't look at you like you're uh, like like you're crazy and like you're like they don't look at you with concern because oh like oh you okay what you say and type of thing because they get it and you kind of like you need yeah. that those people who get where you're coming from and who can have those conversations with you because it is I think it is important to talk about it and having a community to do that even if it is just two is uh is great little girl, <laughs> little girl yeah if anyone's interested in having a long distance chat with us about any of the topics or whatever like we'd love to have some more people on I think we're just disorganized at the moment more than anything else but um yeah we have a blog now which is slowly getting there we've got more time to work on it than ever before so uh that's pretty cool that's so cool Uh, you have things going on and I think as well for you it's being on your own at the moment yeah it's hard more than yeah it was my birthday three three days ago Wednesday was it this Saturday yeah three days ago um and it was fine uh it was really we had a really good day but I think it does because I live alone and I think it does just kind of hammer it all home a little bit I think once that was once I was past the day I was a little bit kind of like I need something else to look forward to because you need something to keep you going and something to run through but um I want to write about that on the blog so and I think as well just having a conversation with anyone about how you Mm -hmm. cope I think for both of us connecting with climate anxiety is just general anxiety and I think that's why we feel it more than potentially other people do 
which I think is a sort of superpower in some ways because we care so much yeah making a difference but it's also just trying to keep it not crippling yeah because it is constant I can't I'm at the point now where I can't look at anything without thinking of the impact that it has had on the world and the climate and things like that and yeah so it is about balancing trying to not suppress that but just kind of trying to yeah, yeah. balance it with other things and like try yeah. and have the good as well as that sort of feeling it's I'm not I used to I used to be like you said crippled by that awareness and that anxiety and yeah. there was points where I was like I don't know how I can ever I don't know like buy anything again or use a piece of paper again yeah. or anything like that um but it is kind of you just have to learn to balance it and not let it overtake you and cope, coping strategies which is what we've touched on so I did geography at uni and my lecturer came in one day and gave a really great example of just how difficult it can be he put on the screen like a photo of two different like jumpers and one of them was uh wool kind of jumper one of them was synthetic like patagonia jumper and in comparing the two and saying you know this one was made of wool but it took so much manpower and energy to be able to create that and then ship it and you know it'll biodegrade and there's arguments about veganism to do with wool and like how that all kind of plays into it and then this other coat kind of jumper thing that was Patagonia and can be um like fixed for as long as you own it but will degrade over time and make little plastic fibers in your environment every time you wash it and we were just all sitting there like oh wow okay you can never make a perfect choice there is no right answer until someone comes up with like you can buy things secondhand like we both do and you can limit your amount of just stuff Mm -hmm. therefore it's a less impact but there's never going to be the perfect neutral and you know how do you feed your sheep and it plays into this whole big cycle of things which is massively overwhelming if you think about all of the different ways that you're you know putting into that system but we need to talk about it and make sure that we're doing okay even with everything and have you seen the good place on netflix i don't think i've seen all of it i saw the first season and a half yeah their whole this is going to be spoilers but their whole thing is like the that it is impossible for a modern human to get into the good place because every decision that we make they use an example with where you buy your tomatoes like whether you buy them from a market stall or a a shop and things like that like every decision that you make has such massive negative ramifications that you don't even know about or even small negative ramifications somewhere in the world that you don't know about and that you you 
that yeah your impact is is negative and so nobody gets into the good place for like 500 years because they can't because all of their decisions are inherently bad and um, which is exactly right now unfortunately and so we have to just I think cut ourselves some slack a lot of the time yeah and I think that's the main I think that's the main lesson like for as long as we've spoken about it every kind of topic we kind of come up with is always like oh you know I'm not perfect and I often feel like oh I can't write about a certain thing or I can't talk about a certain thing because I'm not perfect like even with recycling there are times when I mess up or I put the wrong thing in the wrong place or it's just too full outside and I can't put it in the recycling bin or whatever and you know half the time they don't even recycle the plastic you put in the bin anyway and it's not the best way of dealing with waste and it's like well you know let's just talk about it even if we're not perfect because otherwise what we're doing exactly we'd never talk about anything because <laughs> we can't be perfect because we are people yeah. unfortunately i'd much rather be an otter but we are people so <laughs> less problems in life yeah but definitely i don't know if you feel this ever but just because i'm not like some kind of climate scientist or professional at the moment i feel like i shouldn't have a voice like i feel like i shouldn't have anything to say because i'm not living this perfect minimalist lifestyle or anything but if you don't talk about it if you don't have the middle ground of people who are trying but not necessarily always winning then but that's what that's what the world needs because you're not going to get eight billion people to all be perfect vegan carbon neutral (laughs) yeah exactly so that if everybody just does a little bit and learns to live with a bit less then that's all we need really but i know that that's in itself a big ask which yeah but (laughs) at least we're doing it that is part of the reason why we sort of wanted to have this podcast Mm -hmm. just to be able to talk about it with people who are vaguely interested or just anxious about it and kind of be honest and let them know that it's okay to even like because otherwise I think you either do a little bit and a positive about it and go you know I'm not perfect but that's how it's going to be or you're so panicked that you freeze and nothing happens and you're completely like head in the sand panic and I think I've done that for a long time may we may not be experts um but unconsciously I think that I've picked up a lot of information and a lot more than I give myself credit for so I was talking to my dad the other day and if I get into a conversation with somebody about this kind of thing I I I know what what I'm saying and I know how to back it up and I've got like I've got the information in my head because it's something that I am passionate yeah. about and interested in so I don't I, I think we're not we're not experts in terms of science science and being like having studied it and things like that but because we've got that passion we're coming from a place where we take in the information and we we know we know all these different things because we care 
Um, I've always had a problem where I don't remember stuff if I'm not interested in it. So if I'm not, I I don't focus on stuff if I'm not interested. So I don't retain it. Um, whereas with yeah, I think so. When I say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that seems like it. Um, whereas with one. That yeah, I think so. Want, when I say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that seems like it's <laughs> hard to force yourself to learn stuff that you don't care about. Yeah. Like, I've just yeah. been writing an essay on geopolitics and like how flags and symbolism are important in the creation of a state. And the theory is just not very interesting. And it goes in one ear and out the other. And I was proofreading my work and didn't remember that I'd written it. <laughs> so I think it is just a case yeah. of if you care about something, it's worth keeping going. Holding on to. So, yeah, I think that makes us a, a different kind of expert, maybe. Yeah. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think another reason is that we're also young women and I think yeah. that we are taught maybe that we shouldn't speak out so bluntly about what we feel and we are quite young so I feel yeah. like a certain amount of oh you're young you don't know what you're on about kind of thing at least I've experienced that from a few people I don't think it's particularly common for me no I haven't but, experienced a lot of it yeah. but I did have somebody mansplain um, uh, what type of caterpillar I put a picture of on Twitter. <laughs> I was just like, oh. But um, I had someone on a date ask me to explain climate change to him because he was vaguely interested. And I was just like, oh, what do you mean? I don't understand. Like, I was just kind of stunned by the fact that he was asking me to explain it. I didn't understand so, what he meant. Does that imply that he doesn't know what it is or was he testing you? Either way, that's... He was just testing me to be like, oh, well, you say you're interested in this. Go on then, prove oh. it. But it was very strange. Well, he can get straight in the bin. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> One of the worst dates I've ever been on, but... I mean, it makes a good story just to be like those people are still out there how what not to do I, on a date like jesus but oh. not, uh, at least we can laugh about it it was pretty awful at the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think it's all stories <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that 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 kind of thing um happens a lot more often to women I think fortunately we're probably in a place that it happens a bit less maybe I don't maybe. think I'm in a I don't put myself in that situation very often if I'm at all, if I'm at all unsure as to what whether someone cares about my interests I tend to just not talk about it which yeah. is bad but I also because I'm at uni or well technically just about to graduate uh, even if it's quarantine um, mm. I don't really encounter that kind of experience very often because everyone in my class is obviously taking geography as a subject and is at least vaguely interested in the world around them so yeah. I don't tend to meet people who are like that yeah 
I've found I tend to hold back in conversation with other people. Um, especially because I just started a new job. And although I am like made it clear in my interview that I was passionate about nature and the environment and everything like that, it's part of the reason that I got the job, I think. Um, but I tend to hold back on the the more the more I don't know like I don't want to say extreme aspects of it but the more preachy aspects maybe I don't these are yeah. all negative terms and it's not that it's just kind of I, I, when you like when you're trying to make connections with new people who maybe don't have that same viewpoint it doesn't go it doesn't do you any favors to go in all gung-ho and being like you shouldn't do that because of it. Yeah. And like, not that I would ever do that, but you know what I mean? Like, I tend to hold it back a little bit. I wonder uh, if it's a confidence thing or whether it's a kind of more gendered... I mean, I maybe guess it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. I did get into an argument with somebody... I don't know if I talked about this on another podcast, but I went to an, a, a focus group about oat milk. Oh, I, I don't think you've told me this story. I went to a focus group about oat milk. Um, it because uh, I work in the School of Natural Environmental Science and the students were doing lots of focus groups for projects and things like that um, at Newcastle Uni. And uh, we, it was a big group of us and um, it was mostly people sort of in their 20s. Um, there were like mostly students and then me who worked um, in uh, professional support staff and then two academics who were in their 30s and um, were from America and I got into a bit of an argument with the guy about climate change because he said that climate change and climate activism and this this climate strikes and things were just this generation's save the world movement. And uh, every generation has had one. Um, it's just this generation's uh, chance to like go out in the street and stand up for something. Everyone has a right to fight for something they believe is needing changed. And what are you so what are, what are you referring to in other gen? So are you referring to uh, the women's rights? That because that was a generational <laughs> fight for something. Are you talking about? Because we got change. Like there's still yeah. there's been a multi generational kind of thing about both this. Bearing in mind yeah. that you know there are older people in the movement who are, you know, 40, 50 years older than us. And also people who fought for, like, you know, sexual rights and that kind of thing. That's been going on for years. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, well, I'm 28, so yeah. I'm not... I'm a different... Gener I'm I'm more their generation than I, I'm the generation of the students around the table, really. And I just was like, so I'm nearly 30 and... I don't see it as a generational that like oh, yeah. it's, and then they said the only thing that matters to them it doesn't matter if it's from a local farmer it doesn't matter if it um if the fact that um oat milk is better for the planet none of that matters all they care about is the taste if it tastes good then they'll drink it if it doesn't taste good then they don't care they'll drink something else and I was just like that is I mean, it is a factor, obviously, as someone yeah. who eats oat milk daily, uh, yeah. that's a but, factor, but I would just... If they, I never would just... Made, if they never made oat milk, I would drink soy milk, because 
and I would I would learn to like soy milk. Like I don't dislike soy milk, yeah. but or I would drink almond I, milk or it like <laughs> you can only choose the best option out of the options that yeah. are around. Like if they never made oat milk, I would have to grit my teeth and go, you know, maybe these ones are shipped from another country and aren't the best for the planet, but it's better than you know yeah lactose intolerance being worse and you know whatever else it's yeah it, i don't know it's interesting though i was actually talking about this earlier carl my boyfriend is reading this book called generation x by uh-huh. douglas copeland i think um and it's really interesting because it's about generations i mean it's a it's a novel so it's just a kind of about different people's perspective and stuff but we were talking about it and I think it's so odd that like we divide ourselves in generations because there's such a large group of ages and different races and different backgrounds that are within a generational block it makes almost no sense like so weird like it's so weird technically both count as I think millennials yeah and so does my little sister but we both remember a time when our families didn't have tvs right mm-hmm. he doesn't so i see that as a big difference but then if you speak to someone who was richer than i was when i was growing up they might not remember a time where they didn't have a tv because it was more yeah. common or if they're from a different country then they have a completely different outlook it's just very odd it is very odd it seems like a really yeah, it seems like a really catch-all way to to describe people and to make put yeah, people into different boxes and categories and things I, like that. I get that most categories of people are flawed. Like mm. we've always yeah. kind of had categories to fit people in because it's convenient, but it does seem to be an odd way of describing a whole group of ages yeah it seems to have taken off as well like with with okay boomer and millennial and like that oh everyone hates millennials but it's just because we're the young people all yeah all generations of young people have been hated for various different things throughout their lives since like the 1950s they've just caused trouble by trying to ask for better lives (laughs) really that's it not everyone's like that the news just picks up the yeah more extreme examples hi everyone thanks for listening um that is the end of episode four part one and episode four part two will be out sometime next week thanks for listening yeah so if you fancy getting in touch with us um we're on all the all the social medias. We've got Facebook. Just search for having a climate breakdown. Um, we're on Twitter at Pod Climate and Instagram at Having a Climate Breakdown again. And then our blog, which is recently launched, please go and have a read. And uh, you can comment, or we've got an email on there as well, um, which is uh, climatebreakdownpod.wordpress.com. So there we go. <laughs> Come and chat to us. <laughs>